This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Science of Beauty, a podcast from Allure. I'm Jenny Bailly, Executive Beauty Director. And I'm Diana Mazzone, Senior Beauty Editor. On this podcast, we're diving deep into the science behind beauty and the products we're always talking about and using here at Allure. This season, we're focusing on hair. And today, we are talking about that pesky universal hair issue, frizz. Peskier for some people than others. Exactly. It depends on the person, depends on the hair. But one thing is for sure, we all have it to some degree, and everyone has their own way of dealing with it. Right. And we're going to learn more about all those many ways in just a second. But first, Jenny, did you bring what we talked about? I did. I did. But why did I need to bring this dryer sheet? Okay, I know it was a weird request, but there's this hack that's been floating around the internet for the past few years, and the idea is that you can use a good old dryer sheet to help reduce frizz. So basically, there are two ways of doing this. You can take the sheet itself. I cut mine in half because it was kind of big, and you can literally run it down your strands, or you can take your sheet, and you know how it's kind of opaque, like it's perforated? You can push it over the bristles of a hairbrush, and then you can run that hairbrush with the dryer sheet kind of as its base through your hair. Okay, I'm doing I'm doing that. That seems more official. I don't know. Yeah. It's like a, a real experience. Yeah, more science of beauty-ish. All right, are we ready? Okay. Everyone... Um, our hair is very frizzy. Mine is frizzier than Diana's, I would say. Eh, I'm up there. I'm up there. I haven't really brushed it this morning, I must admit. I have more of like a poof, and Diana has more of a halo of frizz. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Okay. Okay. I feel like it's... It's definitely calmer. Yeah, it's doing something. Hmm... All right, and it smells nice. That's a nice added benefit. It smells like Bounce. What dryer sheet are you using, Diana? I'm using also Bounce. This is not sponsored, but I think it worked. Maybe I'll do a little targeting. Yeah, I do think it worked. I've never done this before. So maybe you are wondering about the reason why this works. And as you know, the reason we use dryer sheets is to help prevent static. They're infused with a coating that helps neutralize negative and positive electricity charges. And your hair is actually electrically charged too. And we're going to hear more about that in a minute. In fact, from today's guest. That's right. Today we have got the expert on frizz and frizz management. Hi, uh, my name is Erica Douglas, but most people know me in these social media streets as Sister Scientist. I am a cosmetic chemist, a formulating cosmetic chemist, and my focus has been in developing products specifically for textured hair and melanated skin. 
and we're excited today to delve into the topic of frizz. A lot of people have passionate feelings about their frizz. Oh, yes. It's a universal issue, and it's something that we need to address. So let's start from the very beginning. Why does our hair get frizzy? Let's just break it down to the actual science of what frizz is. If you understand the biology of the hair, the outermost structure is called the cuticle layer. And I like to think of them, they like lay like shingles. When they're closed, the, the cuticle is tight, sealed. It means that it's trapping in moisture and resisting moisture from the outer environment. But when the cuticle is exposed to water or higher uh, pH, they tend to swell and they start to open. So like if you imagine those shingles starting to raise up, which means that, um, you know, small molecules like moisture can get through that barrier. And so all the strands start to get bigger and, you know, and they start to stick out and then they start to rub against each other. And now they're not perfectly aligned, right? So frizz is when your hair is exposed to moisture and the cuticle opens, rises, and starts to misalign from the way that you may have styled it. We've talked on other episodes about how sometimes when damage happens to the cuticle, that's a permanent thing. You can't undo it. But with frizz, it ebbs and flows, not like the cuticle has lifted. It will always remain lifted and all you can do is superficially seal it, right? Right. So when we talk about damage to the cuticle layer, we're talking about you're actually physically assaulting the, that layer. It's like chip. If you think of the shingle analogy, you're literally chipping holes in the shingle. But frizz is not really about the physical assault of that layer, but more so how the hair is physically, geometrically aligned. You can realign the strands. You can help to seal the cuticle to lay down the cuticle versus biologically, I can't, hair is technically dead. So I can't really make the cuticle layer uh, regrow itself or fix itself like skin does when we get a cut. Um, but what you can do is help those shingles on the cuticle layer to lay down. And that's just physically kind of manipulating the hair to do what you want it to do. So is it accurate to say without, I mean, frizz is about moisture, right? Without moisture, there'd be no frizz. Like, is there no frizz in the Sahara? You would possibly have less frizz, but the, the thing about it is you want your hair to absorb as much moisture as possible so that it's not trying to pull moisture or absorb moisture from the, from the environment because hair can only hold a certain amount of water, usually about 30% of its weight. And once the hair, it's kind of like if a glass is full, you can't really add more water to it. It's just going to flow over. And so if your hair is fully moisturized, then it's really hard for moisture to penetrate and cause the cuticle layers to rise because your hair is already absorbed as much water as it can take. Um, in drier environments like the Sahara, your hair should be extremely moisturized. But if it dries out and the strands start to, you know, kind of, misaligned, that's a, another way that frizz can happen. In addition, a lot of styling products have humectants, which are like, like the most popular one is glycerin. Um, and humectants operate where they pull moisture from high concentrations of moisture to low. And so if you are using 
products that are highly concentrated with uh, glycerin or other humectants, if you're in the Sahara, there's probably more moisture in your hair than in the air. And so then it starts to operate the, the opposite way. Then glycerin starts to force moisture out of the hair into the environment, which is still opening that cuticle because now you have moisture penetrating that layer. Oh, that's interesting. So if you live in a really dry, you know, let's say you live in Albuquerque, you might want to avoid styling products with glycerin or other humectants because it could just exacerbate frizz. When I go to Vegas, I literally have to change up my routine because it's like a completely different environment. That's fascinating. I never thought of like, you know, styling products that could actually make it worse, like not just not be effective, but, you know, compound the problem. When we talk about creating the most effective hair regimen for your hair type um, and for your lifestyle, you have to take environment into consideration. And some hair types are just naturally more prone to frizz. The curlier the hair, the more prone you are to um, experience frizz. And that all comes from the alignment of hair, right? And just a, a centimeter of hair, you could have you know, hundreds of strands and you're trying to get all of those strands to operate in the same direction. And so that's why with curlier hair, when you have more dips, more curves, it's harder to get all of those curves to align together versus with straighter hair. It's just really, it's just like, let's just all, we're all going in one direction all together. And that's way easier than trying to get all of the curves or a hundred strands of hair to, you know, dip and come back up all at the same time. Cause they all want, all these strands want to do what they want to do. They each are like their own strand and their own life. And they're like, I want to go here. I want to go there. Think about it as in the army, you need to stand in line and move the same way at the same time. And if you're not aligned and one person steps out, that messes up the formation. So, you know, it's kind of like Beyonce, you're like, get in formation. <laughs> And that's what we're really telling our curls when we're trying to define them. We're trying to get all of those curls in formation. And as soon as they misalign, that is, you know, the start of frizz. And then the more, the more and more they become misaligned, just frizz tends to grow. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Welcome back to the science of beauty. Back to the Beyonce formation for a second. So when the hair's step out of formation it's that kind of when they're all in formation basically they are sealing each other like they're creating well when you're when the cuticle is laying flat it is smooth and it's easier to get everything to align as soon as that moisture starts to penetrate the cuticle layer and the and the scales on your cuticle layer start to raise they get caught on each other like velcro it, it's all friction right it's just all rubbing against each other and now now all the strands are mad and they're like get up get out of my way like you're you're in my space give me space and then that they just start it just starts to get bigger and bigger 
as, you know, those strands keep misaligned. So this sounds like I kind of want this. I want my hair to grow. Is this how volumizing products work? Do they rough up the cuticle so that your hair looks bigger? It's not necessarily about creating frizz with volumizing products. Volumizing products often deposit a layer onto the hair strands that make it a little thicker. And so because you're almost kind of temporarily increasing the diameter of the hair, now the strands aren't uh, as close together because there's something kind of in between them. Now you still want them to align perfectly together, but now think of it as you're adding in just a little bit of space in between them. And so volumizing products are just adding, you know, a, a very thin and visible layer on the outer cuticle so that each strand stacks a little bit higher now versus being closer in proximity. Got it. Okay. So for now back to Frizz, Diana, this isn't about you. <laughs> I know. But okay. Okay. One more question. One more question. <laughs> No, I was going to segue into, yes, asking for those of the rest of us who maybe do not want frizz, what can one do preventatively? I've heard that getting regular trims can be helpful for those those frizzy ends. Is that true? So yeah, that helps for the frizzy ends. So trims are important because essentially when we get split ends, you want to take care of them as soon as possible because as you get a split end, it literally splits up the strand of the hair, it's really hard to smooth out a a strand that really has like breakage. Um, And yes, if you don't get regular trends, you can def, it's hard to get the ends of your hair to align because now you have, like, like I said earlier, when you have these strands are breaking off here and there, it's hard to get everything to align when you have strands of hair that are literally ending at different points and they're breaking off, which means the tips are also very rough at that point. Um, So trims are really good. Uh, Keratin treatments, the whole premise of a keratin treatment is to seal the cuticle and for an extended period of time. So that's very effective for people who are looking to have more manageability in that regard. Really, it's all about sealing that cuticle and the first thing that you do to ensure that your cuticles are sealed, aligned, closed, is to really have a great conditioner. Conditioners, one, they are formulated at a lower pH. The higher the pH of the environment, the more the, the, the hair wants to swell, which causes the cuticles to raise. The lower the pH, it causes those cuticles to start to adhere and kind of smooth out on the surface of the hair. And so a conditioner helps in that regard. Also, the surface of the hair is naturally negative. And so when you're using a positively charged as a cationic you know, polymer, that magnetic force is helping the cuticles to shut. And then also anything with like emollients, silicones, and I know that's kind of a dirty word in the curly world, but silicones are actually really great at helping to seal the cuticle and and really adhering to the surface of the hair so that it's harder for moisture to penetrate. We actually have a whole um, silicones episode um, this season, Erica. So trying to, you know, rehab the reputation of silicones a little bit, because like you're saying, they've gotten I'm they've gotten such it. a bad rap. And I know we talked to you last season a bit too about silicones, 
Um, I'm here for the silicones. Give me all the silicones. Okay. Um, silicones are good to me and therefore <laughs> I am good to them. Um, but yeah, so, you know, let me know if you need me to weigh in on that. Um, but you know, I think again, it comes with knowing your hair and knowing what silicones to use. Some silicones are heavier, some are lighter, but yeah, they still do well ultimately in preventing heat damage frizz, helping with shine, so many benefits. And also like my little secret is when you are styling your hair, no matter what, you know, you're using leave-in conditioner, creams, mousses, whatever it is, the last step in your regimen should always be an oil or a a silicone or serum type product that is not water-based because that is what gives you that barrier that slows down moisture penetration, humidity penetration. And so just having that as just like the final step, just pulling it through your strands and making sure that the hair is kind of coated with a very light oil or serum will, I promise you, prevent frizz from happening or at least slow down the frizz process. And you said that last step should not be a a water-based product. Is that just as simple as looking at the ingredient list and making sure there's no water? So most serums, oils, most of those products do not contain water. You know, water and oil don't mix. You're keeping moisture locked into your hair, but it's also on the other side, fighting humidity. So just before you joined us, Jenny and I did a little experiment with dryer sheets and shockingly, they helped smooth our frizz. And we hear that that has to do with ions. And that's a term I hear a lot with hair dryers too, like, oh, it has ionic technology. So is that something that we should look for in hot tools? Are those that are ionic? Yeah, so they're actually help to disperse water molecules um, into smaller molecules and ensuring that, you know, you're, you're really like neutralizing all the moisture that is around and near the hair. It also helps to flatten and tighten the cuticle because you're, you know, using ions to really help break up those molecules so that they can penetrate faster, which means that your hair is not going to actually frizz back up when you are using just dry heat. Sometimes that will cause too much moisture to be released from the hair and cause the strands to start to misalign again. So ions are just like little energy particles that can be positive or negative? Bingo. Okay. It's so funny because you press that button and it feels like nothing is happening on the hair dryers, but they are shooting out these little... It's all invisible. Yeah. (laughs) It's like you have to have one. Yeah, but you just imagine all this energy shooting out, this basically you know, physically making all these things happen that you you can kind of feel but not see. Yeah. I feel like I have been told by marketers that I need to sleep on a silk pillowcase made of the finest Egyptian silk in order to prevent friction and that if I don't, I will just have, be roughing up that cuticle and causing more frizz. Is that true? Fact. Yes. So... Actually, textiles, wool, cotton are very similar to hair. And cotton, which is one of the primary fabrics that is used, you know, in pillowcases, it actually absorbs water. And when you're sleeping, it's like silently robbing you of the moisture that is in your hair. 
<laughs> and so that's why you might wake up with frizzy hair, drier hair. And so a silk or a satin pillowcase um, is smooth. It's not um, as porous as cotton. So it's not pulling moisture from the hair. It's, it's basically, you're literally just kind of slipping and sliding over the fabric versus cotton really, you know, pulls uh, moisture into it. Erica, thank you so much for being here with us today to educate us on the do's and don'ts and myths surrounding frizz. Thank you for having me. Okay, on to the short list. Diana, what are your frizz managing product recommendations? Okay, so I am feeling very justified in a kind of luxurious habit that I have. I exclusively use um, slip silk hair ties instead of your standard hair elastic because I feel like my hair tends to get a little frizzy around the area where I've secured it. But the silk, I swear, is is helpful there. And I know she said a silk pillowcase can be beneficial, and, and I see it in hair tie form too. I like these skinny little skinny little guys. I use those too. Yeah, they have the bigger like full-on scrunchy version and then the more subtle slim ones. Yeah. I use the slim ones too. And I also use um, the slim pillowcases. you do. Do you see a difference? I do see a difference. I feel like my hair is less kind of fuzzy in the morning when I use them. Yeah. And actually, I was thinking of getting one for my son who has long hair, which can get like really crazy when he wakes up. Um, So I think after talking to Erica, I think I might give him a silk pillowcase. He'll be the only boy in the second grade (laughs) to sleep on a silk pillowcase. But I think it would help the brushing situation in the morning. I think when your mother is a beauty editor, one must sleep with a silk pillowcase. I also love Color Wow's Dream Coat. Um, I am not fully fully adept at the technology behind that, but it was explained to me that it works like a raincoat for humid weather. So it kind of creates this sheath around your hair and you only have to use it once and it lasts for a few washes. It's heat activated. And I've definitely noticed a difference after using that. I love Dream Coat, but you do have, right? Because you're saying it's heat activated. I think that's why I don't use it that much because you have to blow out your hair you put on wet hair and then you have to blow out your hair. And I'm, I don't do that very often. I'm right there with you. And I do lastly want to shout out this product called Gussie, G-U-S-S-I. It's an at-home keratin treatment kit. Um, I haven't used it. I must say they sent it to me and I gave it to my best friend who has super curly frizz prone hair and she loved it. It's um, an at-home treatment, and it works in 20 minutes, and then you have smoother hair for six weeks is the claim, and she said it really lasted for her. Wow. Okay. I have that in my little at-home beauty closet, and I have not been motivated enough to do it, but now that is the motivation I needed. This is your moment. What are your favorites? I, I will try that. So my favorites, I took them all out. So it depends on, you know, my situation, the weather how much I want to um, protect against the frizz. But on a day-to-day basis, I often put Christophe Robin's uh, No Frizz product in my hair. Christophe is a French colorist, actually. And so this is kind of like a milky, textured, kind of creamy frizz protector. So I'll put it in when my hair is damp, and I just let it air dry. And then 
once my hair is dry, if it's still kind of fuzzy, there's another, actually another French hairstylist. I only use products from um, fancy <laughs> French hairstylists. This one is Leonore Grell, G-R-E-Y-L. It's the Serum de Soie, mm. Silk Serum. Um, and it's just a really light and delicious smelling. It has like a flowery scent serum that I just kind of put on my ends. But if, okay. if it's like a serious frizz situation or like I'm looking out my window right now, it's it's pouring down rain and I have an event to go to tonight at which I want my hair to be smooth. So I'm going to be pulling out the big guns, the John Frieda Frizzies, that classic original frizz fighting serum. Ah, the classic. Right, the classic, mm-hmm. the original mm-hmm. serum. So I'm going to take a shower this afternoon. I'm going to work the frizzies through my hair when it's wet, get that silicone sheath on all of those strands. Then I'm going to blow it out, which I'm not looking forward to, but I'm going to do it. And then once it's dry, I use the Bumble and Bumble Hairdresser's Invisible Oil to smooth out those ends and kind of get rid of any residual fuzzies. It has some lovely oils in it, but also some lovely dimethicone that gets the job done. All right. I feel like I am ready to confront the frizz. As am I. And hopefully all of you are too. And that is it for this episode of The Science of Beauty. Join us next week when we take on a sensitive topic that's more timely than ever, hair loss. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to rate it and leave us a review. And subscribe. It helps new listeners find us. You can find additional information and episode references in the show notes. Follow Lore on Instagram at A-L-L-U-R-E. Follow me, Jay Bayi, on Instagram. That's J-B as in boy, A-I-L-L-Y. And you can follow Diana at Diana Mazone. That is two N's in Diana and two Z's in Mazone. On the Allure and Condé Nast team, producer is Chloe Sabin. Associate producer is Deprina Godbolo. Director of Global Podcast is Nico Steele. And executive producer is Megan Shibona. The editorial project leads are Soini Driscoll and Monica Perry. Lead researcher is Maya Kukis. And the theme music is by Asha Ivanovich. And on the Wonder Media Network team, lead producer is Maddie Foley. Supporting producer is Sundas Hassan Noli. Production manager is Emily Rudder. And production assistant is Carmen Borca Carrillo. Executive producer is Jenny Kaplan.